1: I don't care what they might say We love Jesus anyway When it comes to your life, who do you represent? And how strong is that representation? That's the challenge that's laid before us today. The gauntlet has been thrown down. We're in Exodus 19. Join us. Way of Grace is next. Hi there, welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Our series is called Arise, Move, and Go, and as we close out the week, we begin a look at part 20 of our series, And God Spoke All These Words. We're in Exodus 19 today, and we've got a lot of verses and a lot of ground to cover, so we'll jump right in. As we do, we begin with this one thought, You are a Royal Priesthood. If you are a Christian, you are a mediating nation, as it were, a model of love and obedience. Does that play out in your life? Here's the challenge with Pastor Jesse on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. If
2: you will turn back in your Bibles, in our excursion with the children of Israel making their way to God's house, as is stated very clearly in the triumphant song that Moses and his sister... Um, celebrated when they came through the Red Sea, we are looking at uh, what I call the 10th encampment of the journey of the children of Israel. The 10th encampment can be clearly seen in uh, in the book of Numbers 33, verse 17, in your own time. And the number 10 is significant with God. It should be significant with us too. expand that, if you will, so we can see that. And I want to show you just where we are on our map. That's too too broad. I need to get all the way down to the south here, right here in this area. We're good right here. So we have come down. We have been sitting at Rafadim. This is an area of the desert. Obviously, we are deeply south up against the Gulf of uh, the uh, Araka um, lands, as well as the Red Sea where we crossed way up here, several weeks back, and we are at the 10th encampment. A lot of things happened back here, if you recall, but here is where God now is going to settle his relationship with his people right there. This is where Mount Horeb is. This is where God met Moses the first time. And this is where they're meeting again, and there are a number of things that we want to deal with before they make their ascent up to the promised land. Whenever you're following God, you are ascending. You are not descending. God is taking you up. He's taking you higher. He's bringing you into that domain where he exists and he dwells. So Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb is where we are. And the 10th encampment, as I stated before, is a place of of definitive appointment for the people of God. It is a point and place of definitive appointment. What do I mean by that? This is where the children of Israel, who at that time were Hebrews, obtained their identity. This is where their identity was formally and contractually established. This is the place where Yahweh, Jehovah, speaks for himself, to the children of Israel for the first time. Every time prior to this event, the children of Israel never heard God's voice. The only voice they ever heard was Moses. Because if you follow what we've been learning about Moses, Moses is a mediator type. Moses goes up to God. Receives the word from God and brings it down from God to give it to his people. That's what mediation is. And in that sense, Moses is a great type of the one who came down and went back up and brought down for us a more glorious law in the person of Christ, as you would know. The people of God have never heard the voice of God until we are here in our text. And I want to make sure you understand that as well. Because the voice of God is essentially intolerable to hear. So I had my order to stop because I wanted to make sure you captured what I will teach you here in a moment very clearly. All of us are only hearing from God if we do through a mediator. All of us are only hearing from God if we do through a mediator. So when you hear people say, I heard the voice of God, just go, okay, okay. I can tell you, your whole physiology will change if you actually hear the voice of God. And you don't have to persuade us because we will know. What you're hearing is your own conscious echoing what culture has granted accessibility to all of us. Whether it's uh, in your subconscious, you're hearing the word of God because it's been quoted or preached or taught somewhere else. This is how your cranium obtains information. And then your conscious knows how to reflect that back to you as it deals with your soul and it deals with your issues. But you're not hearing God in a direct way. You're only hearing a reflection of the voice of God. You know that because most of the time when you hear God in your cranium, you hear it through the voice of someone, you know, like most people hear God in this church through my voice. That'll come home in a minute. Because you hear through mediators. like children hear through their parents' voice. You hear through authorities. Did you hear what I just stated? So your brain only facilitates mediators, multiple of them. And so when the children of Israel were brought to this very poignant, particular event that we're dealing with here, something new is happening. This is where... The Lord Jesus is going to meet them for himself for the first time. And this is going to be something of importance for us to grapple with. So again, the title of our message is Arise, Move, and Go. We are on our 10th encampment. That is what um, Numbers 33, verse 17 will tell us. Moving from Raphaim, we have come now to the wilderness of Sinai. Here... God is going to confirm his covenant with his people to make them not only his people, but his bride. Jehovah now will consummate a marriage covenant with Israel. This is what he said over and over through his prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. Return unto me, return unto me, I am married to you. So imagine what's taking place here is a marital covenant. We've been talking about that for three weeks, have we not? And so now what's happening is God is drawing even nearer to Israel to give the whole nation a more vivid experience of who God is so that they don't have to merely live with saying we heard it from Moses. Because, you know, they already had a problem with Moses a few times, did they not? This time, God is saying, Moses, don't worry about it. They'll hear from me. And I want to make sure you guys capture that because, again, this is a very poignant portion of Scripture. There are three major points we want to deal with briefly. One is you are a royal priesthood. Secondly, I am the Lord your God. Thirdly, these are the 10 words of the covenant. So here's what I did. I'm showing you that contextually, God tells Israel who they are. Secondly, God tells Israel who he is. Then he tells Israel what they are to do. I'm going to say it again. The way God opens up, he tells Israel who they are. Then he tells them who he is. Then he tells them that medium by which that relationship is to reciprocate those 10 words. Y'all got that? Those 10 words. And I love this because you know what? You really can't know who you are until God tells you who you are. Everybody else is lying to you, including you. See, the thing formed must go to the one that formed it to get the definition of what it is. You can never define yourself when somebody else formed you. You got to go to the artificer. You got to go to the master builder and say, "Who am I?" And the master builder will tell you who you are. And this is where we are today, or are we not? When you get dislodged from God, you can become anything in your own brain. And so, it's important for us to learn who we are. What a dignified moment this is. Because Israel, very much like us, they were acting a fool for these 10 journeys, weren't they? Just acting a straight fool. And God says, okay, now it's time, Moses. I need you to scoot over. I'm going to talk to him for a minute. I really want you to get that. I really want you to get that because there are times in your life and mine, after we have lived a long time um, hearing God secondarily or tertiarily through others, and others mean something, as I said, as a child, Children get a formation and a kind of ideology of God through their parents, as ought to be the case. As flawed as that may be, that's where they are grappling with morals and ethics. They are grappling with identity and purpose. They're grappling with their relationship to the society through their parents. That's why the parents are to train them up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord. So they hear the voice of the parent until they begin to break the umbilical cord. And we already know that even though you break the umbilical card, depending how, depending on how significant the relationship was between you and your parents, you may always hear your parents' voice until you die. Because mother and father become a model of God to us. OK, so very important. If you've got good parents that told you the truth is a good likelihood that truth is never going to leave you in terms of their voice. Now, you may succumb to other voices, submit to them, walk in them, uh, obtain other gods, false gods, but they will be in constant internal conflict with the God who showed up to you in your parents. This is why the promise given to us as parents is if you train them up in the right way, be the vocal cords for my word so that that word goes in them. When they depart, my word won't depart. It'll still hold on to them. And if God is good, start towing them back into the kingdom of God. This is the promise we have. This is why we tell our children the truth as it is in Christ and so God here has laid out in this encounter on this day, the fact of who they are, the facts of who he is and the facts of how they are to respond to him. We call these the 10 words of God. And I'm going to make that plain when we get there Under the point. Number one, you are a royal priesthood. That's who you are. See, the conversation we're dealing with didn't start in chapter 20. It started in chapter 19. Listen to it. Over in chapter 19, verse 4, where God speaks to Moses. Are you there? Look at verse 3. And Moses went up unto who? See, that's what I meant. Y'all caught me? That's what I meant. See, you're going to see if you read chapter 19 and 20 very carefully, Moses is going up and coming down. He's going up and coming down. He's going up and coming down. Didn't we learn in chapter 18 that the people came to Moses and Moses took what the people said up to God. He got instructions from God and he came back down to tell the people what God said. Right. So Moses will go up and down, up and down, up and down the elevator of revelation the elevator of epiphany, the elevator of consecration, the elevator of ascent into fellowship with God so he can get God's mind to give to the people. And that happens with true believers every time we authentically pray. This is why you see the metaphor of a heaven opening up and men and women in the Bible being, as it were, ascending into the presence of God to hear from God. That is a motif of ascension through prayer and fellowship with God. Whenever you and I are fellowshipping with God authentically, we are in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is why Christ told them in John chapter, uh, chapter three, hereafter you shall see the angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending on the son of man. And those angels are every believer in Christ because we get our instructions from heaven. We are seated in heavenly places. We are dispatched to this world to let men and women know what heaven thinks. Is that right? That's why we pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We bring it down in our fellowship with God and we let men know what the will of God is. Did that come home? Here's what Moses did when he went up. Moses went up unto God and the Lord God called him out of the what? That's Mount Horeb saying, thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of, of Israel. So you guys see the mechanism, right? Moses is called out. God tells Moses, tell the children of Israel. God has not yet spoken to them. He's speaking through Moses. Here's what he says to tell them. You have seen, I'm at verse four. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Capture it because that verse encompasses the whole year of God showing up in Egypt through Moses and Aaron and destroying Pharaoh and his whole family. And calling Israel out through the Red Sea into the wilderness unto this day. Did y'all get that? Now, notice what God says. Now, you have seen, not you have heard. You have seen how the Lord God came in and destroyed your former master and your former gods. So God is reminding them of his works. You're going to hear the echo of it in a moment. If you don't believe me for my word's sake, believe me for my work's sake. You're going to hear it in a moment. So what God will often do before he speaks clearly to you and me, he will come in Providence and bust up everything in your life. He loves you enough to bring you into crisis so that you can call on him. That's what God did. Notice again, you have seen what I did. That means God is bearing record that Israel saw God's hand. You're privileged when you see God busted up for you. You know God did it. See, God is getting ready to set them up to speak to them. What he's letting them know is the God that is about to speak to you, I'm the one that did all that. And and by the way, you're here this day right now because I decreed that you would be here this day right now. Listen carefully. You are in front of the mount of God. And you got there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and by a God who provided for you, who protected you and cared for you like a husband does a wife when you got a good one. And the point is, is when you, and the point is, is that God is a husband to this woman. And she needs to know that she's now being brought to the altar, brought to the altar to close the deal with Jehovah, to close the deal. So the next day they're walking to Jehovah's house. Y'all keeping up with me? We're in the 10th encampment. We got 32 more encampments to go. We got to walk through the trouble of a couple making their way to a homestead and losing their way from time to time. We got a few more encampments to do. Some of us have been there, have we not? Notice what it says in verse 5. Watch it. Exodus nineteen five. So th- not only has God done this sovereignly and his providence brought us to him. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, you see that second clause there? If you will obey my voice indeed, I need need you to get this because I'm going to fix an error that is prevalent in our world and it's prevalent in the church. That is called a conditional clause. Did y'all see that? Write it down, mark it, because I want to help you overcome the delusion of cognitive dissonance because we buy into notions and into words and into propositions that do not square when you land them on scripture carefully. Am I making some sense? Here, God immediately called Israel into a conditional status if you will obey my voice and keep my what? And see, the covenant has not been revealed yet. We're in chapter 19. It gets revealed in 20. Y'all keeping up? But this is what we call a prophetic future. God will often speak of things that are not as if they are because they are about to be revealed. Only God can do that. The rest of us are guesstimating, okay? Then then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is what? I love that. God says here, If you obey me, I will actually make you to be a peculiar treasure unto me. Now, what that means, if you don't know, is God will beautify you in such a way. Remember, we talked about communication leading to collaboration, to cooperation, and then cultivation. Y'all remember that? God is saying, I will cultivate you, and I will beautify you in such a way is that when the world looks on you, they'll know you have a magnificent God. For the splendor and the beauty and the fullness and the sufficiency with which God will drape you with all that He is. The people of God are called to be beautiful in the world. That's the term, beautiful. A peculiar treasure is like no other treasure. It is rare, it is expensive, it is exquisite, it is unique, and it's designed to compel people to notice. And when they notice, they should elicit from what they see that this person, these people are cared for. Did that come home? Are cared for. Now, again, I love God for this. I don't want to be too long on this point, but when he brought them out of Egypt, he meant business, didn't he? He said, go to your neighbors because they're going to be glad to give you all of the gold and silver they have. The way I'm going to wreck their place, they're going to be glad. When their economy is all tore up, they're going to invest in you so they can survive. They got so much gold, so much silver, so many precious stones. And a whole bunch of them said, can we go with you? Because I think I heard the same voice you did. Arise, move and go. And many of the Egyptians took off with the Jews. Did they not? That's a good idea. They were just hoping that God was not a respecter of persons. And he's not. As Torah will teach us, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what Torah will teach. But I got stuff to teach you because there's some things that you you just need to to know here. Give give me one more verse. This will help us. Exodus 19, 6. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of what? First and foremost, unto God, nobody else. Now, I want you to get this. This is called mediation. You as a people will be unto me a priest. That means you stand between me and the people. Not only the cultic people of your community, but the people of the world. Israel was to be to God what Moses is presently to God, to Israel. Israel was to be accessible to God as you and I learned it. They made their way through the wilderness in camps, did they not? And there was a tabernacle in the middle of their camp and the Shekinah glory underscored the presence of God among them. No other people had that blessed experience, but national Israel. And what God is saying to them was, I need, I want you to be the mediator between me and the world. Not everybody's coming to God. Not everybody can. But if God has a mediation between his glory and mankind, then that mediation can take some of that glory and bring it down to mankind so that they might know where the glory is found. And this is what God is saying. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That means a set apart nation. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. Here's that last line. I want you to get it again. God's not talking to them. Moses is. These are the words I want you to tell them. You guys capture that? Good. I got you. I want you to stay on this point right now. They have never heard from God. All they have seen are signs and wonders. They've never heard from God. He hasn't done it yet. Mount Sinai is where they will hear from God just like Moses did. This is a big event. A big event under point number 1, two main subpoints so we can move on. You are a royal priesthood, a mediating nation. We agree with that, right? And you are to be a model of what? Love and what? Love and what? All right. It's very very important.
1: Well, you are listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Closing out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know how the program encourages you in your walk with Christ. Questions, comments, prayer requests are always welcome. You can either write to us, give us a call, or stop by our website and drop us an email. Now, the best place to go, of course, is the website. Not only will you be able to write to us via email, you'll be able to get more information about who we are, what we believe, worship times, how to get here. Grace-bible.com is our website. Again, that's grace-bible.com. If you wish to give us a call, the number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, our address is 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street. Here in Hayward, the zip code, 94541. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. One final note as we close out our time today, this program is listener supported. If you wish to partner with us, we would be more than grateful. This broadcast airs throughout the Bay Area as well as online, impacting thousands for the sake of Christ. And that is our hope and our goal. If you'd like to partner with us along those lines, feel free to write or give us a call. No gift is too large, no gift too small, whether a one-time gift or a monthly support. You're more than welcome to reach out. We would love to partner with you as we minister the gospel of Jesus to the Bay Area and the World Wide Web. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I care what I say.